You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be looking ahead to the first leg of Arsenal's Carabao Cup semi-final clash with Liverpool. <sighs> I mean, look, this game should have been one that we were really buzzing for, and it should have been one that we as a fan base were kind of quietly optimistic about you know we know in recent seasons that Liverpool haven't taken the Carabao Cup anywhere as seriously as they have some of the other competitions which naturally gives you a little bit of encouragement as an underdog um and then of course we went into the we went into last week and the situation was that uh, Liverpool had a lot of players missing with Covid we were hammered as a fan base and hammered as uh, sort of Arsenal people for suggesting that Liverpool should play the game. And my big fear about this game being postponed last week and being moved and the tie being changed around, obviously we had that slight advantage in that we then get to play at the Emirates second time around, right? Which I think is a bit of an advantage. But the point I was always making and the point I really wanted to hammer home on that was that Lady Luck has determined who has COVID and who doesn't have COVID, okay? And at that point, although it would seem unfair for whichever side it is that are really sort of on their knees in terms of the COVID situation and without a lot of players, you'd say, well, it is... Um, hold on a second. Yeah, some of you asking for audio. Some of you saying that it's fine. Give me a thumbs up in the chat if you can hear the audio. Essential Departure says it's... it's um, it's uh, fine and it's got sound. It's coming through at my end. So, um, yeah. OK, uh, let's carry on. So, as I was saying, last week, the situation was that Lady Luck determined who had COVID and who didn't have COVID. Right. And there was nothing that the football authorities had done or could do to change that. But now moving forward and when you change the dates of the game, so you push the second leg now becomes the first leg and, and they rearranged it the way in which they rearranged it. My big fear and my big concern and my big issue with it was that, OK, Liverpool are at a disadvantage this time. But what's to say that come next week, we won't be in that position. And then you've rearranged the game to try and make it fair in one sense. And actually, you've just made the situation worse or you've put Arsenal now at a disadvantage in that sense. This was my big problem with it. OK, the football authorities cannot determine who gets COVID and who doesn't get COVID. So it might have been unfair, but it was down to luck. It was down to pot luck. And unfortunately for Liverpool, last week, they were the side that were struck with cases. Now we go into this fixture without a number of players. And we've heard today that we're also going to be without Emil Smith-Rowe, Martin Odegaard and Takahiro Tomiyasu. We're hearing that Granit Xhaka is expected to be back. But that's a huge, huge blow for Arsenal in a fixture that I think was already going to be incredibly difficult. So as I say, I'm not, you know, I would be a hypocrite now if I said that the game should be postponed. I don't think the game should be postponed. I think the game should go ahead. But the point I'm trying to make is 
in postponing the game the first time around, they basically delayed a problem. And now that problem has flipped and reversed itself. And now Arsenal are the ones with the problem. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Add to that that the cases that they did point to as as a, a case and a reason for the game being called off have all come back as false positives, barring one. You have to feel aggrieved and frustrated as an Arsenal fan. And people say to me all the time, in my job, I need to be fair and I need to be balanced and I cannot show any bias. But it's impossible not to in this situation. And Arsenal haven't complained up until this point at the time of recording. It's midday on the Thursday. I'd be shocked, shocked if the game were to get cancelled or if the game was to be postponed. Um you know, and, and it just goes to show that Arsenal have shown a willingness throughout to compete in this fixture, even though we're going to be at a huge disadvantage, even though we're going to go to Anfield tonight under the lights with some key, key players missing. It's, you know, it is what it is. We've got to get on with it. But I just wanted to make that point at the start of the show, because this whole situation around the postponement and around, um, you know, the availability of players for me and and sorry, the argument as well, the back and forth has really taken the shine off of this semi-final and it should be a big occasion and it should be something that as fans we're, we're really buzzing for. And at this moment in time going into the game, I don't feel that way about it and I can't help that. It's just the way everything has kind of unfolded over the last week. So let's switch our attention to the game. As I mentioned, Charles Watts brought us up to date a little bit earlier on today with the news that Martin Odegaard, Emil Smith-Rowe and Takahiro Tomiyasu are all expected to be missing. So what do we do in terms of the team selection? What do we do in terms of the way we set up today? I think there are some big decisions now for Mikel Arteta to take. I've always maintained that the Premier League for me is the priority. And with the North London derby coming up at the weekend, you know, having been leapfrogged by West Ham United last night, the North London derby is huge and it takes precedent for me over this game. So do I want to throw a semi-final? Do I want to be in a place, in a position where we're paying less love and less attention to a game that, you know, there's a final at the end of it? No, obviously not. But we don't live in an ideal world. And we've talked about the mismanagement of the of the squad and the fact that we've left ourselves really short in certain areas. Um, and this is a consequence of that. We're going to have to prioritise one or the other. And I think that Mikel Arteta, although he hates losing and although he'll get a, a ton of criticism if we go to Anfield and get completely obliterated like we have done um, in, in years and seasons gone by, I think he knows that the Premier League takes precedent. And I think you, you might see some of that reflected in the team selection tonight. When I say that, I don't mean that he's going to play a weak team on purpose. The fact is we are so paper thin at the moment that he's going to have to pick a weak team anyway. But I, I suspect that his, maybe not his message to the players, because I don't think you ever want to give that kind of message going into a match. But in his mind, it's it's more about Sunday. I, I genuinely do believe that. Whether rightly or wrongly, in an ideal world, you want to be competitive in every single game. You want to compete on all fronts. But unfortunately, the mismanagement, as I keep saying, of this squad and the fact that we've left ourselves incredibly exposed in, in a number of areas means that we're not going to have the capacity, I don't believe, to compete on all of those fronts. So pr priorities are going to have to be decided and, and certain competitions are going to have to take precedent. That's where I'm at um, 
with this situation at the moment. But let's move on. Let's talk about the team then off the back of that news that I would like to see start for the Gunners this evening. Look, it, it's going to be an incredibly difficult game. It doesn't matter who we pick. It's going to be tough going to Anfield. And the hope is that we can stay in the tie and give ourselves something to, to play for at Emirates Stadium next week. Um, and we better have something to play for at Emirates Stadium next week because Thursday, January the 20th, that's my wife's birthday. And I haven't quite broken the news to her yet that I'm going to be at Emirates Stadium. So the last thing I want to do is be going to the Emirates Stadium for a dead rubber whilst also incurring the wrath of her as well. So <laughs> hopefully we got something to play for. Let's move on there. Let's discuss uh, the team that I would like to see uh, Mikel Arteta pick this evening then. Um, I'd like to see Aaron Ramsdale playing goal. Now, do I expect that to happen? Not really. I think that Bern Leno uh, has been the cup goalkeeper up until this point, And I'd be very surprised if Mikel Arteta were to take that responsibility away from him. Um, I think Bern Leno, you know, he's had some decent performances at Anfield before in terms of saves. Uh, he's also made mistakes throughout his Arsenal career as well. And I think he's one of those players that a lot of people uh, are still divided on. Um, you know, he's one of those that you know he's not above Ramsdale at the moment, but every now and again he'll come in and he'll make a few good saves and you'll go, oh, you know what? Actually, we're very blessed. We've got two wonderful goalkeepers at our disposal. And then he'll go and do something stupid and you go, ah, that's why Bert Leno isn't in the side anymore. So I would I would go with Ramsdale. I, I think it's perfectly fine and reasonable to demand a goalkeeper to play uh, two games in quick succession. Uh, we know that Takahiro Tomiyasu is out, which means we've got an issue at right back. Now, Cedric is is obviously the player I expect to play. Um, Mikel Arteta has always spoke well of Cedric. He's always held him in high esteem. He's always talked about what he can bring us in an attacking sense. But as a fan, I'm not necessarily convinced that Cedric is the better option tonight. The other option that I would consider, or the other two options I would consider are either bringing in uh, Callum Chambers um, at right back because he's played there before um, and, and he's had some good games and he's had some bad games, but I think it's a position that he knows pretty well. The other option would be to bring in a Chambers a holding or even a Pablo Marie into the centre-back area and move Ben White out there. But for me, I'm, I always say this to you guys, and I said it when we were talking about that Villarreal semi-final defeat just the other day. I don't like the idea of disrupting two positions in a bid to solve one. And I think that we're a better side with Ben White and Gabriel at the heart of the defence. Therefore, I would look to do something slightly different, take into consideration as well that Liverpool are without Sadio Mane on that left-hand side. I think I would probably, on the balance of everything, go with Callum Chambers at right back. Now, my reservation about this, and I do have one, is that Callum Chambers hasn't played an awful lot of football lately. And will he look rusty? Um, will he be up to the task? I'm not entirely sure. But I just think some of Cedric's performances, not in an attacking sense, because I think he actually offers quite a bit when he gets into the final third, but as a defender, uh, have left a lot to be desired for of late. Just quickly circling back to the Cedric thing, because I was listening to the Arsenal Vision podcast, which you should check out, by the way. It's, it's fantastic. It's up there. It's probably my favourite Arsenal podcast out there. Um, Clive was talking really brilliantly about the idea of when we do have to play these kind of fringe players and players who are not necessarily seen as, as first team fixtures and, and 
players that you necessarily want to rely upon week in, week out. We should think about tweaking the system and tweaking the formation. So that, And I think the term he used was that, or the words he used was that when those players then do have to come into the team, they're coming straight into the team doing something that they're comfortable at, as opposed to doing something that they're uncomfortable at, that is difficult to kind of get into the rhythm of when you haven't played. And when he talked about Cedric, he said Cedric is much more accomplished in the attacking half than he is as a defender. And so why not play a back three, which accommodates Nuno Tavares and Cedric in the occasions that they need to play, who are both arguably better going forward. Why not play a system that accommodates them doing exactly that? And I think that's a really, really good point. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, if we do see a change in shape, change in formation. But I'll come on to that in a little bit. So Chambers would probably be my right back option for now. Uh, but this is subject to change between now and the end of the show. I'd go with White at centre-back alongside Gabriel, who returns from his suspension. And I'd go with Kieran Tierney at left back. Now, again, you know, Kieran Tierney in an ideal world, you'd like to keep him out the firing line. You'd like to give him a bit of rest. His constant um, sort of injury issues have, have always mentally, I guess, put me in this place where I'm sort of worried about Tierney and overloading him with games. But given the performance we saw from Nuno Tavares the other night, I, I can't, you know, I can't make a case that says he should start this fixture. Um, you know, equally, you flip that and you look at it from the other point of view, which I always like to do. He has a real point to prove, Nuno Tavares, and could come in, into a game like this and performing well, kind of reignite his Arsenal career after, I'm not going to say a, a, an issue, but a bit of a dip in his form and that poor performance in Nottingham Forest. So I think Mikel Arteta will probably consider that. Moving into the midfield, this is where obviously we've got, in my opinion, the biggest problems. We expect Granit Xhaka to return and he will undoubtedly be one of the first names on the team sheet. And I think for all the stick and all the criticism he gets, you only realise his importance to this side when he's not in it. And I think we saw that at the weekend um, up in Nottingham. So Xhaka comes into the side for me and I would pick Albert Lokonga alongside him. Now, Lokonga looked a bit ropey the other day, has looked a little bit ropey at times this season. It's not all been um, sort of brilliant from Lokonga since he's arrived. I think he's shown a lot of promise in certain situations. And off the back of that, people have made their minds up about whether it was a good signing or not and, and what his future might hold. But I think when you're being completely honest, um, you know, there have been ups and downs in his Arsenal career to date. And I thought, the weekend was certainly one of the downs. Now, you've also got to take into account and factor in the fact that he was playing alongside a very young, inexperienced, and I think physically quite, I don't want to use the term weak because it sounds like I'm slagging him off, but you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, a player who was not quite at the level physically and not quite at the level in terms of his experience. And I think when Lokonga has played well, he's been held he's been holding hands almost with a Granite Xhaka or with a Thomas Partey. And I think that experienced head then brushes off onto Lokonga. He needs someone next to him to pull him in, to rein him in, to ask him to cover this hole, cover that hole, plug this gap, plug that gap. And I think that's really, really important. Um, so Lokonga, for me, uh, will play in the midfield. Um, in the wide areas, Saka and Martinelli are must-picks now because of the news that there is no Odegaard and there is no Emil Smith-Rowe. Obviously, Nicola Pepe, who would have been a decent option for a night like this, is obviously unavailable. He is at the AFCON as well. And then you've got two more positions to fill. And I guess 
what a lot of people would probably default to if they don't want to tweak and change the system would be something whereby Lacazette plays in that 10 role. He played there at Anfield in the league and I thought Fabinho did a brilliant job on him and we really struggled to get him in the game. And then I guess you could push Eddie Nketiah up top. But having talked about the issues that I've talked about and having talked about, um, you know, the, the discussions um, or having had the discussions that we had just a few moments ago, I'm not sure that this is the way to go. And, and I would be tempted at the very least to leave Nketiah out Add another centre-back to the picture, whether that be Holding or Pablo Marie or whoever. Um, let's say Holding because that's the one that I think is most likely to come in if Mikel does this because of, of course, his um, his standing within the, the team and the club at the moment. And play a little bit more like this with a, a kind of 5-4-1. I think that would give us... That would give us a little bit more sturdiness. And I think that this is a good option for Mikel Arteta. So although you know, I've I've tried to kind of think about this logically and process my thoughts as I've been picking it. I think that ultimately, when I look at that Enketia-Lacazette pairing, and, and hopefully I'm proven wrong if that is indeed what Mikel Arteta looks to go with, I just don't think it's that good. And I don't think it's that effective. And so I'd probably rather give us that little bit of extra stability at the back. Now, does that change things in terms of the right-back position? Because as I said, I think that Cedric is a very good right wing back because he's better in the final third, in the attacking third. I think that's his strength. So does that mean that I change what I do at right back? If we go with this system and this formation, then yes, it does for me. And I'd put Cedric in over Chambers because I'd expect him to play. Although we're away at Liverpool and we're going to have to do a lot of defending, I'd expect him to spend a lot more time in these kind of areas, midfield and beyond, as when we're in possession, as opposed to if we were playing a back four where he needs to be a little bit more reserved, a little bit more conservative and step infield more often. So the team I would go with, I've come to the decision. This is my conclusion. And remember, this is the team I would go with and not necessarily the one I believe Mikel will go with is Ramsdale in goal, three centre-halves in Gabriel, Holding and White, Cedric and Tierney in the wing-back positions with Xhaka and Lokonga as a midfield duo, Martinelli from the left, Saka from the right, and Alexander Lacazette through the middle. That is the team that I would go with to face Liverpool at Anfield in the first leg of our Carabao Cup semi-final. Right, um, we're going to take a brief pause, and when we return, uh, we'll be uh, continuing the discussion and we'll be getting your thoughts in the chat box as well. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, part two, looking ahead to Liverpool versus Arsenal in the Carabao Cup semi-final. Um, as, as I've just been saying, lots of decisions for Mikel Arteta to make, lots of um, lots of uh, discussions to be had and lots of thinking for the manager and his players to do ahead of this one. As, as I've just brought you up to speed in the first half of the show, no Martin Odegaard, no Emil Smith-Rowe. Both players I would have picked in my starting eleven tonight. And another player who almost certainly would have been in my starting eleven is uh, is Takahiro Tomiyasu. And unfortunately, he is out. 
So, um, just remind you of my team, Ramsdale in goal, back three of White holding Gabriel Tierney and Cedric as the wing-backs, obviously tucking in and becoming a back five when we are without possession. Xhaka and Lokonga would be my midfield pivot. Martinelli from the left, Saka from the right and Lacazette through the middle. Let me know if you do something differently. Let me know if you have any concerns, if you disagree with me, if you've got any questions, get involved in the chat box. I'm going to be coming over to that chat box in just a second. But before I do that, I just want to give you guys a quick message from our partners over at ProPrep who have been supporting the Chronicles of Aguna throughout uh, December and to date as well. Uh, ProPrep is the perfect study tool for uni students undertaking science, tech, engineering or maths related modules. So if you are uh, studying any of those subjects, this is the thing for you. They give you bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course, which can be accessed from any device at any time. And it's already helped over half a million students. Uh, long lectures are condensed into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've learned with interactive exercises, practice questions, and that way you'll be ready. You can even submit questions to the ProPrep professors and get a video answer back within 24 hours. Head over to proprep.uk slash info slash football for more information. And listeners of the podcast can sign up for a free 30-day trial now via that link. It is in the description. No credit card information is required. And uh, that's proprep.uk slash info slash football. Right. Let's see uh, what you guys are saying. Um, just going back to the uh, initial kind of... Um, discussion around this fixture. Cavill says, Harry, we got hustled by Liverpool, pure and simple, and we fell for it. The preparations for AFCON have been non-existent and we are shooting ourselves with early January loans. Why are we so thick? It's, yeah, you know, you could see the kind of naivety a mile off, couldn't you? And, and that's obviously really, really frustrating. Um, Essential Departure says, did Odegaard pick up COVID? Now, I don't know the exact reason why Martin Odegaard is unavailable. I've just clicked on the um, the story. Um, just having a quick look um, on Charles Watts' initial story. So he said that Smith Rowe missed Sunday's FA Cup defeat in Nottingham Forest due to a groin issue. And it is believed he has not recovered in time uh, to, uh, to make the team. He then goes on to say... Um, Goal has learned that Odegaard, who started at the city ground, is now set to miss out, plunging Mikel Arteta's preparations for Thursday night's game into further disarray. So we don't actually know um, what the issue is. Um, we just know that the Norway international was unable to report for training on Thursday at London Colney and was not part of the travelling squad that set off for Liverpool. Uh, we also know that Tommy Asu is out, still struggling with a calf problem. Um, and that Cedric Suarez is, is probably in line to replace him. We also hear that Granit Xhaka, it looks set to be available after ending his isolation period following a positive test for COVID-19. So that's the reasoning we've got. There's no further information at the moment on the Odegaard stuff, but, you know, it's probably a fair assumption right now that that is the case, right? I mean, what else would it be? Um, not that I want it to be that, but at least if it is that, you know, he's not going to be out for a, a long sustained period of time. Uh, but yeah. Let's see uh, what else we've got. Uh, Sam says, no surprise, Sky Sports is love child Liverpool at zero one o'clock, get things their way. I prefer not to speak, as uh, Jose Mourinho would say uh, on that. Um, Alfred J says, if Mikel drops out of the FA Cup and League Cup and doesn't make the top four, is he finished? Um, 
I think in a lot of fans' eyes, that won't be good enough. That won't be acceptable. Um, look, I still maintain that at the start of the season, my goal and, and aspiration and hope for Arsenal was that we'd get back into Europe. I think that was the first port of call. And as the season's gone on and we've actually looked quite good after that really difficult period, we had a little bit of a blip and we bounced back from it pretty quickly. I think when you look at the situation now, I think to be in the race for the top four in January means that you have to be aiming for that and you have to be going for it and you have to be pushing for it. But then I'd be a hypocrite if come the end of the season, I went, oh, well, you know, I was uh, I was asking for a top six finish. We finished fifth and now I want the manager out. Like, do, do you see what I mean? I think we need to be consistent in the standards we uphold. And, and I think for me, the standard or the minimum requirement, and it is a minimum requirement, right? If we do finish in the top six, that is the bare minimum I expect from Mikel Arteta. But if I continue to see progress on the pitch in the way we did against Man City and in some of the other performances, then I'm willing to kind of bear with him because the progress would then be visible. I think for me, we're at a point now where obviously results are massive and very, very important. But also um, we need to be seeing that evolution on the pitch as well. And, and, and we need to look beyond the results. And I think this season, more so than last season, we've seen that evolution on the pitch as well which is why a lot of people are feeling a lot more optimistic. But no, look, if he finishes fifth in the Premier League and, and doesn't go, you know, we're out of the FA Cup, but we have made the Carabao Cup semi-final. So we have had a decent cup run in one of the competitions. I don't think you can say that he should be sacked or that he definitely should be sacked. If that's your opinion, fine. But I would like to think and hope that those opinions were based on more than just um, sort of losing a Carabao Cup semi-final and, and not progressing in the FA Cup. Let's see what else we've got. Um, Nishith says, uh, I'd play the game. We all know, win or lose, no one will remember context and use it as a stick to beat Arteta with. Tough luck, but it is what it is. Uh, essential departure on the team says, we're going to need Ramsdale's uh, distribution. I think he's right. Um, Alejandro says, uh, if we don't hear from you after January 20th, should we worry, mate? Yeah, it's probably, it's probably right. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Vinny Eagle says that, did you just call him Albert Laconga? Ha <laughs> ha. Yes, because that's his name. His name is Albert Sambi Laconga. And I got used to calling him Albert Laconga until he arrived at Arsenal and told everybody that he wanted to be known as Sambi. So I'm still making that adaptation in my mind, but his name is Albert Laconga. It's not, it's not wrong. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Afsar Gunner says, moon the likes. Yes, guys, please do, because there are uh, around about 200 of you watching us live right now. We've only got 45 likes on the board. So please uh, do get involved there. Let's take a few more comments. Um, <laughs> Afsar says, Harry for the Arsenal manager's job. I'm not sure I'd take it the way people get grief nowadays. Uh, let's see. Uh, John Daly says, Ramsdale in goal. Nuno at right back. That's an interesting shout. White, Gabriel, and Tierney at left back. Sambi, Shaka, Saka, Laka, Martinelli, and Eddie would be his team. Um, Peanut Butter Jelly Time says, uh, very worried about our creativity in the middle of the park today. Um, I don't see us winning this one. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Alan Luke is on his way up to Liverpool. He says, come on, you gunners. Hope you enjoy the trip, mate. And um, and uh, wish you all the best. Hopefully you get back. And um and uh, you've got something to be positive about and something to celebrate. Uh, LTM LFC Liverpool fan 
says second leg. I'm assuming you're a Liverpool fan. Says second leg is now at the Emirates, but somehow you've been hustled. No, mate, that's that's not what I, we're saying. It. I said it at the top of the show. I obviously recognise that we get the second leg at the Emirates Stadium now, and I recognise that that is an advantage for us. In you know, you look at a tie overall in general. You'd like to play the second leg first. The point I'm trying to make is that. One week, you guys had a ton of cases and a ton of issues, which meant that you had key players unavailable. And now we're in that position a week later. So actually, we haven't had any advantage because now we go into the... You've had the tie postponed. We have to now play the tie when this is our week of shit in terms of cases and injuries and God knows what else. So the point I'm trying to make is that... Is that... At least when the game was fixed on a certain date and it was going to be played at that date, it was in Lady Luck's hands who had players available, who had COVID cases, etc., etc. But the point I'm trying to make is that postponement has not actually made the game a better game because now the other side is weakened and the other side have problems. So that's the point we're trying to make here. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Matt Tomo says, is it worth... Waking up early, only getting four hours of sleep to watch today's match. <laughs> I don't want to answer that, mate, because I don't want to be responsible for you getting four hours sleep and then watching us get a drubbing up at Anfield. Um, I, I, I'm not. I'm going to defer on that one. <laughs> uh, Nunan, sorry, says, uh, hi, Harry. Can you think of any rational reason as to why we let Ainsley leave without having an immediate replacement? Nope. And it's something I've been massively critical of the club for. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, it's not ideal and it's, it's a bit of a shit situation. Got to be honest. Big hello to the Wandering Minstrel. Hope you're well, man. Uh, been a few days since we've seen you. Hope you're good. Um, Chris Carrick says, would you play for a draw today and hope to be better at home? Yeah, I think I would. Um, I think, well, no, let me rephrase that. I think I'd be happy with a draw today. And I think we should be a little bit cautious in the way we approach the game. And obviously the fact that there's no Mane and there's no Salah, that makes you feel a little bit more confident in that we can at least come away with a result whereby um, not too much damage has been done, hopefully, and we're in a place where we can fight in the second leg. But, um, you know, it's, it's a way to Liverpool. Never going to be an easy game. Right. Uh, I am going to leave it there because um, I've got some bits and pieces to be getting on with today. If you fancy uh, some commentary of the AFCON game between... Uh, Cameroon and Ethiopia. I had to think there for a minute. You wouldn't think I'd been preparing for it all of last night. Uh, come and join me on the Flash Score app from 3.55pm uh, UK time. So five minutes before kickoff, I'll be taking you through that one. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. My first international um, tournament fixture that I'm commentating on. So a bit of a milestone for me and uh, very much looking forward to it. So I hope to uh, have some of you join me for that. As always, any feedback is appreciated. Don't forget to check out the Chronicles of Aguna blog. If you click on the community tab via our YouTube channel, you'll find the link there to the little piece I put together yesterday on Dusan Vlavic and how Arsenal should go about trying to persuade him that Arsenal is the right move for him. I'll hopefully from next week be bringing you one of those every single day. Early doors from 8am. Um, I'm looking to get that done. So hopefully I can... Um, 
yeah, keep you across some stuff and share some more thoughts in a slightly different format. Uh, as well. So please do check that out. Give us a follow on Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC and now on Instagram as well at Chronicles underscore AFC. Really, really appreciate your support. Uh, don't forget to hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Let's check in where we are. I've only got 64 on the board, but as I say, there's over 200 of you watching. So there's no reason uh, why we can't take that further. Uh, we should be hitting that 100 mark by the time the outro goes. Uh, or finishes, I should say, subscribe to the channel if you're new and help us get over that line to 18,000. Uh, hopefully we can do it tonight with the post-match show because, of course, we'll be live at 10pm here on the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel, bringing you our reaction to this game and the podcast format version, if you like, of that will be available first thing tomorrow morning. Let's enjoy the game. Let's hopefully get a result. Um, hopefully we can uh, live with the, the issues that we've got in the team and hopefully we can come away from Anfield with something to play for in the second leg next week. I'll catch you all very soon. And come on, you Gunners. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguda, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.